0: Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy almost Thanksgiving, everyone. As you know, we're working our way through the 10 things to do when your life falls apart. And I promise, this is not an invitation for life to fall apart. Uh, but rather the idea of some helpful tools that when things are not going the way we would wish them to, when we find ourselves in a spot of trouble or something going on that is disturbing to us, that we that we have some more tools. And I'd like to start today by reading from this chapter on, uh, on integration. So this is from Daphne Rose Kingma. In order to get through the crisis that you find yourself in, you may have to accept what has happened and then integrated into the fabric of your own personal life. Your integration of this content, the meaning of its crisis, that will be the sign, that will be the hallmark that you are moving through the challenge. Integration, ultimately, is wholeness, the weaving together of opposites, the inclusion of what's been separated, what's been denied or excluded. And so that's where I want to start today with this idea of integrating things that go wrong in our lives to our lives. And, and I've titled this The, the Whole Enchilada, uh, and you, I know some of you were probably expecting Mexican food today, and I apologize for that. But, uh, but the idea is that we are not separate from our life experiences. And i got to tell you, I think sometimes that's the exact reaction when something goes wrong. When something goes wrong in our life, especially things that seem uh, big, isn't our first reaction actually to want to step back a little bit to to say this isn't happening to me, to to say this is happening, I don't know, to someone else. This is not part of my life. This is not who I am. This is not reflective of what's going on in my world. We, we have that knee-jerk reaction. Well, and it doesn't it bring up the emotions as well? Oftentimes rage, oftentimes upset. This isn't the plan. This isn't what I had in mind. This isn't who I am. Uh, sometimes sadness sometimes rage even will come up because we feel a complete opposition to what has occurred in our lives and I'm I'm talking about the big events the loss of a loved one uh, maybe getting fired from a job having to suddenly find a new home when you weren't expecting it you know when the big things happen there's that initial urge first of all to even kind of deny it to just separate yourself from the mess. In fact, I think a couple weeks ago, I used that idea of have you ever had the day when you just wanted to pull the covers up again and wait until it all blew over, right? The mental health day that turns into a mental health month that just (laughs) turns into you need mental health, (laughs) okay. So this is perhaps gonna be a little bit uncomfortable today because the idea of getting through something means you have to admit and even embrace that it actually happened. And so we have to start thinking of ourselves as the person that actually endured that loss. The person who is actually out of work and needing to find a new job. The the person whose boyfriend or girlfriend really did dump us. And here we are, single again. We have to, first of all, own up to the fact that this thing happened. And even more fundamentally, I am a new person because of it in the middle. I don't get to deny that this isn't a possibility. I don't get to say, I am gonna sleep through it and I will magically wake up three weeks later and nothing will be changed because, of course, everything has changed and you are fundamentally not the same person. And that first does manifest as loss. It first manifests as rage. Depending on what the issue is, it may signal a time of grieving. It may signal a time of working out aggression and anger. What I know is you are not the same person for it. And that is part of the process of moving through it. And I want to use uh, maybe a a corny example from Thanksgiving if you will. How many people here have one of those kind of interesting extended families where some of the family members aren't even particularly related? You know what I mean? So, at my Thanksgiving table, for instance, there was Uncle George. And it wasn't until I was about nine or ten that I learned he wasn't even an uncle. He wasn't even related to us. We just called him Uncle George, and we saw him always at Thanksgiving and always at Christmas time, and sometimes a, a few other times during the year, but that was Uncle George. And I got to tell you, As a child, I was a little uncomfortable with Uncle George. It wasn't that he ever did anything mean, but he was one of those people that didn't have a good sense of personal space. Have you met people like that? And so, he, you know, here as I'm eight or nine and big Uncle George is like right up at me, you know. Hi, what's going on? And I'd be like, ooh, Uncle George, hi, it's nice to see you again. And I and I remember much in the way of adolescence growing up, I remember getting to be about maybe 12 or 13, may, well, maybe 11 or 12. Anyway, at that age when we started actually questioning the adults around us and their ideas of how things should be. And I I remember uh, by then, of course, I knew that Uncle George was just a a friend of one of my grandparents and not related to. And so I kind of, first of all, I wanted to kind of check that out with mom. I said, now Uncle George isn't really my uncle, right? He's just this guy that knows grandpa, right? And so I'm kind of like pushing back a little bit and mom said, yeah, that's right. And I said, do we have to have him at Thanksgiving? (laughs) Because I found him a little bit uncomfortable and there were a couple things Thanksgivings where I pretty sure he came drunk as well which was not exactly my idea of spending a lovely thanksgiving with drunk uncle george and, all, and and although again i recognized you know a friend of my grandparents and all that i was pretty upfront with my mom as a as a bold uh, maybe preteen and it's like do we really have to have uncle george at thanksgiving and she said the most extraordinary thing and it wasn't necessarily what you might think she said sometimes my mom was bizarrely wise in the ways of life itself, and instead of saying, well, he doesn't have any place to go and I feel sorry for him, which was kinda, I'm kinda like playing in my own head, I'm thinking like, really, do we have to endure this? But that's not what she said. She said, Uncle George is part of the fabric of our family and we are here for him as much as he is here for us. And I had to think about that. What she was saying was Thanksgiving is about the whole enchilada, not just the parts that we wished looked a certain way. Not not just playing nice it was something more than that. It was about really integrating all of the forces in our extended family and being okay with that. Dealing with issues if we needed to, right? And I remember she checked in with me. Well, has Uncle George done something <laughs> to you, right? I mean, this you know, it's not that this family was playing fast and loose with safety around children or anything like that. But there was this sense of Life has its ups and its downs, let's welcome it all to the table. Let us see our lives, warts and all, unvarnished, its beauty, its great joys, and we also have to own up to the fact that life isn't all pretty and beautiful, and we get to have that too. So, what I get out of this is right what uh, Daphne Kingma is saying. When we're in the middle of a tragedy, when we're in the middle of a great loss, when we're in the middle of something that's uncomfortable, when we've lost a job, when someone that we love has died, when we've been fired or when we're searching for a soulmate and feeling that emptiness and that loss and that life has left us behind, we don't say, that's not my life, we don't resist it, but rather we begin the process of integrating it. We say this is the unusual and, un, and, and occasionally unwelcome fabric of my existence. <laughs> it has made me who I am so far. It will make me stronger and more powerful and more gracious moving forward. It is all of me. And so when we're in the midst of crisis, when things have going wrong, first of all, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about crying our heart out. And honestly, that may be your first reaction when something goes wrong, either that or, or great anger. We play out those emotions. We work out our anger in a positive way. We bawl our eyes out, that's okay. But I also want to tell you another story. When I first came to this church, Gosh, it's got to be close to 15 or so years ago. I was in a a workshop that our minister at the time, Annie Green taught, Reverend Annie Green. And it was a a short workshop on grief. And and of course, we all know we can't process grief in like two hours. Um, But the idea was she was trying to reassure people who were going through that process that there are stages and steps and and it's reasonable to feel loss. It's reasonable to feel doubt and that kind of thing. And I remember that... uh, Uh, someone who was to become a friend of mine uh, named Marie Hayden was in that class. And a few of you probably even uh, remember and recognize that name from long ago. And Marie and I took that class. And afterwards, she said, uh, because we uh, lived kind of in the same general way, I ended up taking her home. And she decided that she would make us some sandwiches and stuff. And so we were talking about the class a little bit. And I could not help but notice that she set three settings at the table and so so she didn't say anything about it but at some point it kind of felt like that was the elephant in the room you know why is there a third table setting here and she said well I still set a table setting for my husband who passed away and I thought oh Larry you idiot here you've gone through this whole day and not realized well duh The reason she's in this class on grieving, hello, it's like could I be any dumber of a guy than not not realize this sweet woman is grieving the loss of her husband and so i i you know i actually tried to apply some of the things we learned in the class you know i'm so sorry that must be it must just feel such a heavy weight and you know just trying to reassure her that if there was something i could do i would but mostly just kind of listening to her for a bit and she said oh yeah she said i really am having trouble getting over it in fact there's this dry cleaning hanging on the door over there and i oh gosh i almost start i look over and there's a dry cleaning bag with a suit of her husband still on the wall. Wow, anyway, I, I did my best to try to be uh, compassionate and to be there for her, and, uh, and the next Sunday at church I saw Reverend Annie and I went up to her and I said, oh my gosh, uh, is there something we could do for Marie? Um, you know, she's really feeling the loss of her husband in in a strong way. You know, do we have some kind of pastoral care or something like that? And Annie looked down and she said, well, you do know that he passed away about 10 years ago. If we don't allow ourselves to accept in what has happened, if we don't allow ourselves to actually process the loss and the grief and see ourselves in that new way, we're stuck. Marie had never really saw herself as being single again. She never saw herself as living by herself again. She never saw herself as having processed through the grief, rather she kinda held it to her in a fundamental way. Do you see the difference? This is what I fear might go on for all of us when we're in the middle of a tragedy, when we're in the middle of something that has gone wrong and we're simply not gonna allow it to have an effect on us. We, we soldier up and move on as though nothing happened. Well, something has happened. When we have a loss, when a life change comes our way that's fundamental, we have to actually see ourselves As it has happened, we have to be that unemployed person. We have to be that grieving widow. We have to be the thing that we fear most because that's how we move through it. And so Daphne Kingna has a a kind of a three step process here that I want to go through. Um, But I think, first of all, I need to read you this joke just to lighten things up a little bit. So a collector of rare books ran into an acquaintance of his. The fellow told him he'd just thrown away a bunch of old books that he had found in the attic, including an old, old Bible. He happened to mention that Guten, somebody or other, had published it. (laughs) Not Gutenberg, gasped the collector. Well, yes, that was it. You idiot, you've thrown away one of the first books ever printed. It was a good quality Gutenberg Bible that recently sold at auction for over a million dollars. Oh my gosh, said the man. But I don't think this book would have been worth much of anything, honestly. It wasn't in that good a quality. In fact, it was scribbled all over in the margins by some joker named Martin Luther, I know it was a bad one, <laughs> bad literary references, I know. So the first thing that Daphne Kingness says that we need to do is not go to that place of denial and regret. The Bible's gone, the kids have moved out. Whatever it is that is so torturing you, we don't try to dream that it didn't happen. We don't try to go to that place of loss and regret and if only I had done this and if only I had done that, if only life were different because it's not. So the first step is that we accept what happened. Yes, I got dumped, yes, I was fired. I wrote down a little list of the things that have happened to me over my life. I know, it's a sad thing. I did get fired, my life savings got cut in half in one day. Things happen to us, and we accept them. We cry, we kvetch, we we tear our heart out in the moment, and then we accept the loss. Yes, I am poorer than I was yesterday. Yes, I am single again. Yes, this thing happened and I'm different for it. And the next thing that we do is that we own that current situation because there are probably things we have to do about it. There may be safety issues that we have to take care of. Maybe you've been vandalized and you need to secure your home. Maybe there are issues with your children that need to be taken care of. We take care of business because we own the current situation. So I am that person, it did happen to me, it is my house, I take ownership of it, I take care of business in the world, and I begin to integrate into my life the fact that I am different, because I am different. Do you you sense that? When things happen to us, we do not come out the other side, even when we come out completely successful, we do not come out the same person, We are the person that that happens to. We've learned from it. We have a better idea of how life works. We have a sense of other possibilities, even if they're not possibilities that you would have chosen. Even if they're not possibilities that are welcome to you, you are stronger for it. You are a different person for it. And we can actually take some credit for that. We can actually say, yes, I am the person who has weathered through this. I am the person that is putting their life back together in a positive and beautiful way, because I recognize that things are the way they are for now. And that leads us to step three. Step three is when we are in that place of acceptance, when we're in that certain knowledge of my life is different now, then we begin making our plans for what we want to see instead. And do you see, that can only really happen when we've integrated the loss, It can really only happen when we've stood up to the fact that I am where I am because that is the only place we can move forward in. When we're in denial, when we have the dry cleaning bag on the wall 10 years later, when we're in that place of wishing things were different and and kind of pining away for the good old days, I'm here to tell you the good old days were then. We're not gonna reclaim them if we want the good old days, they're going to be now and in the future. And so we begin planning, how is my life good now? You know, it's one of the reasons I love our gratitude service so much the day before Thanksgiving is because we dwell for an entire hour on how life is to be thankful for. Whether it's the thankful for the air that we breathe or too much turkey on Thanksgiving or the chance to see uh, even Uncle George who might be drunk this year, The, the, the whole enchilada of life when we can bring that in and be thankful for it, that is what propels us forward into the good old days, into recognizing the full potential of life itself because we're not excluding any of it. Because we're saying from that place of complete wholeness that I'm moving forward and there is good times ahead. So the third part of her plan is to plan for that new job. It's to plan for the fresh start. It's to to prayerfully and contemplative look forward to the new you in new circumstances. And so we reassess what we want our life to be from that new place of loss, and we make plans We talk to a practitioner, we begin thinking in the world of how we might move forward into some more positive way. So quickly to review, the three things that we wanna do, this this little piece of looking at life more holistically is, we accept what happened, so we don't deny it, we don't play the what if game, we don't beat ourselves up for making different choices, we accept what happened, we accept our place in it, and we own our new circumstances. We say, yes, this is me now. Apparently I am in a neighborhood where there can be violence. I was denying it before. Now I recognize it for what it is. I recognize for what it is that I'm currently without a job or whatever it is. We see that as our own new current situation. We don't blame others. We don't try to get even. This is about us not not putting it out onto the world. We take it in and then the third step from that place of complete acceptance we begin planning our life as though we get to completely start it over again. And you know why we do that? Because we do get to completely start it over again. It's a new you. The invitation for the loss is to to wipe the slate. The invitation from what you're feeling of, of dismay or loss, that invitation is, Larry, start your life anew. What is it that you stand for? Last week we talked a little bit about what we stand for. To be moving through what we had wished happened and instead stand firm in the idea of what we want life to be. And you really can do that well when you've accepted your current situation. It's hard to plan on the future when you don't even feel like you're stuck in a now. So we process where we are right now and then make the plans for the future. I'm going to close today with another quote from Daphne Kingna. Personal integration can arrive, of course, in an instant. It's when, through the free fall of surrender, you finally accept each one of the parts of your existence, the whole enchilada. Even the ugly pieces, even the irritating parts of life, even the ones that you wish to negate, to destroy, and to disown, they all they all must be integrated. Sometimes it will come more slowly, day by day, episode by episode, you gradually come to accept what has happened. And when you do, you will finally become whole. Not because you've finally gotten rid of the painful or offensive item, not because you have escaped, no, because you've embraced. This is the process of integration in ourselves, in others, and ultimately in the world itself. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence, one, one life, one, one wholeness of all things. You know, God is that largest container of all. It contains everything. It contains every situation, that which we would call good, that which we would call negative, all of it part of the dominion of spirit itself. And I know that means me. I know that my life, as I approach it from that position of the whole thing, simply gets better, simply gets easier. I stand firm in my desire to be and to do all of the good things that I desire. And when tragedy strikes, I simply integrate it. Well, not so simply, but I do integrate it into my life, into my existence, into who I am so that I can move forward. And as it is true for me, I accept a willingness on each person here today to begin thinking of their life, their whole life, in that more organic way. That it has its good bits, it has its negative bits, all of it is part of who we are. All of it, when we embrace it, allows us to move forward. And for this, for this, I am grateful. Grateful for that power in the presence right in this room. I feel it so powerfully. And I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here today. Happy almost Thanksgiving, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts,